I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Tiny Cup time and quarterfinal action. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. But firstly, let's look at the big one at Welford Road. Leinster against Leicester. It should be an absolute cracker, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Um, it's, a, it's a great place to go and play. I've been to Welford Road many times. It's uh, probably not the fortress it was uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But um, Leicester on the way back. Uh, their form this year in the Gallagher Premiership has been outstanding. They've won 18 of 22 games, haven't been beaten at home. And I think that's um, that could be a challenge for, for Leinster. They're going to be the first side, if they win, to go and win there this season. Uh, won their first 15 games, uh, 13 in the in the Premiership and two in Europe before they were beaten on the 9th of January by Wasps. So um, their form has been really, really top class. Uh, Connacht did test them in both those games. Um, the game in Welford Road and the game in Galway, um, very, very close games. Uh, showed some vulnerability and weaknesses. Um, probably clawed their way back into the into the picture. Um, you know, after being in a very good position, Connacht, in the first half, but uh, got a losing bonus point over in Welford Road. And then we're unlucky, you'd have to say, to, to, to lose the game in Galway. That kind of indicates a little bit to me, and, and we're probably measuring... I'm, I'm kind of thinking of those performances against Connacht and what Leinster were able to do to Connacht a few weeks ago would suggest on paper that Leinster are a stronger side. Uh, most of the Irish team play for Leinster. Um, they'd be very fresh going into this game. Their players didn't go to South Africa. The internationals didn't go to South Africa the last couple of weeks. So they've been gearing up for this. And Leo Cullen usually gets his time and right with, with the way he prepares his team. But then I think... Those two performances in the round 16 fixtures, the, the, the home and away game against Claremont, Leicester were very, very impressive. I think winning 29-10 against Claremont in France in the first game was incredibly impressive. And I think they'll feel it. They'll feel that they can take on Leinster. Um, they can physically go after them. Um, so it should be a cracking game, Stuart. It should be a cracker of a game. Everybody's looking forward to this. Mark. As Alan said there, Leicester have improved massively. But have they improved enough to beat Leinster? Very good question, Stu, isn't it? We go back 12 months. Uh, Leinster went down to Sandy Park there against Exeter and, you know, one of the best away displays I've ever seen from a Leinster side. Made, made a very, very good English club look ordinary. So it, it's a huge challenge, as Alan said, I agree. And, and it's the same with all the quarterfinals. They're just so hard to pick. We're giving opinions, but really it's going to be who turns up on the day. I think if I looked at it and said 
exactly what Alan said. The 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 leading Leinster players, which are basically the Irish team, the, the, the certainly the core of the Irish team, have just had a two-week spell. And in that spell, obviously they've rested, they stay in your own houses. And if, you, if you've ever gone on the road, you know how much you come home, you love your own bed and some home-cooked food. They've done that for two weeks because the Six Nations, even one that you love, it's exhausting. It is very, very demanding uh, physically and emotionally, and you are tired at the end of the Six Nations. They just had this great two weeks to recover. They've obviously done a lot of training, a lot of preparation, and that's going to stand them in good stead for May. You win tournaments in May, and... I just think that has been a huge, huge bonus for this team. And I, I think Lancer, are, uh, it's going to be a really tough battle. I think Leo has got a lot of his planning right. Now, if you, if you spin back, why could they do this? Because they dominated the, the domestic competition, the United Rugby Championship. They dominated it so much that they had that little window where they could go to Africa and lose two games and still finish first. Now, they had to get a, a bonus points, I understand. But he trusted his young guys and left the, the guts of the team behind to be, to be training back in Dublin and recovering. And I think that is some absolutely brilliant organisation and brilliant planning. Leicester have improved. Have they improved enough, which was your question, Stu? Tomorrow we'll find out. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Leinster are really focused on this competition and I think Leicester, while they'll really come out and give it a shake, as and as Quinny said, they were, they were superb in Claremont, absolutely superb. But I think the Premiership is where their heart really is this year. Um, and I think that might be just the 5% to 4% to swing at Leinster's way. Not not by any, you know, I'm not saying that with total conviction. That's just a feeling. Because it's these, the, the, as I said, all these games this weekend, that's what makes quarterfinal weekend the best of the year they're all so close and they're all going to be great games Alan is there still a bit of hurt there from Lancer not being the first team to win this competition five times I think that sort of gives them a bit more sort of enthusiasm to go and win it or is that just simply a pass stat um, I, I'm not I, I, I think they would have liked to yeah be the first one to win it five times Toulouse have done that um, doesn't really matter those kind of numbers when you're when you're kind of stuck in the moment I think what will hurt Leinster more is the last two seasons, you know, through uh, probably the disappointments have gone out in the knockout stages and right right close to the end, probably that La Rochelle one uh, last season when they were, they looked pretty comfortable. They started the game brilliantly um, and a very good La Rochelle side um, performed really well in that second half. And I know there's a lot of focus on the physicality and, and you know, it is a factor sometimes, and Will Skelton was incredible in that game. But I think Leinster look back and the way they managed that second half last year, um, they'd probably be frustrated. But La Rochelle were brilliant, and that that's what you get when you get to quarterfinals, semifinals, finals of Europe. So you're going to be playing good sides. Um, I think they, yeah, they, that hurt and that pain will will be driving them on, and I'm sure we'll hear about it if if if. Maybe from the English media, if 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 Leicester win this, if Leinster win this game, it will come up about the the URC and the last two weeks that Leinster were able to rest sixteen of their internationals and leave them at home. And um, but um, the last couple of weeks, I'm sure they would have been running Leicester plays against Leinster in Dublin here when they were training. Um, 
Stuart Lancaster stayed home with him. He would have all his homework and due diligence done in Leicester. So they'll be very well prepared. And look, sometimes you can have all the preparation the world done. Um, you've got to know the opposition for sure. But tomorrow is going to be, a, there's going to be a fair bit of physicality, aggression. Um, and Le- Leicester aside, who can can man up physically as well. You know, if you look at some of their team, you know, Jasper Visa, number eight, very, very powerful and physical. Tommy Raffel, who's been having a brilliant season with him. Um, they've got Julian Montoya, Hooker, Ellis Genge, I think. He's so abrasive, aggressive. And they've got power to come mm. off the bench as well. And they, we've seen that. And, you know, you look at their back line. I th- I, I'm always been a massive fan of George Ford. He's a really intelligent uh, rugby player. If he gets good quality ball, um, and they probably will kill a, kick a lot. We've we've heard Robbie Henshaw and Yuga Keenan talking about it this week in the media that they're expecting a, a lot of kicks. Um, you know, so they have experience, but they've got to play and they've got to stop. Um, if you're Leicester and you're analysing Leinster, you've got to slow their game down a little bit, um, stop them on the gain line. But easier said than done. You know, that front row that we expect to be picked in 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 Porter, Kelleher and Furlong is that's going to be the starting front row against against New Zealand the first test in in, in, in July. So they're world class. Um, the back row the same. Um, we're hearing rumours that James Ryan might be back uh, in the squad. So that'd be a, an incredible boost for him. So as Matt said at the start, when you th- this game is hard to separate because we don't actually really know um, where Leicester are as regards to Europe and playing a top, top team in Europe. I think the win in Clermont was incredible and that, that that's what worries me from a, from a Leinster point of view, that they're capable of doing that. When you have someone like Genge who just doesn't really care whether he's home or away or who the hell he's playing, and that kind of attitude they've showed that this year, Leicester, they've got to play well to beat this Leinster side. They will know that. And it's a very difficult game to call. We're slightly nudging towards Leinster because of what we know of the Leinster team. Their mentality, the quality they have, and the ability they have. But it's, um, I think if Leinster were to lose this, it would uh, it'd be a massive setback to them because I think they're primed to go on and win this competition. And But sport can be, you know, Matt knows that as a coach as well. I know it from playing. You can have everything done perfectly all week. Um, even in two weeks up to it, and you can, it's all about how you roll your sleeves up. And these are the type of games you got to step up to the plate and be physical and win the collisions. Matt, there's plenty of battles all over the park that Alan sort of mentioned there. One we want to look at is George Ford against Johnny Sexton. What do you make of that battle? Two very good and very experienced players, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with Alan. I've, I've been a huge uh, fan of George Ford. I think he's very underestimated. I think he's been hardly done by on the English setup at times. Um, at club level, he, he's a maestro. Um, Gordon Darcy did a very interesting article during the week in the Irish Times, and I thought Gordy was spot on saying that Leinster, especially Josh van der Fleer, has to really get in George Ford's face to make him play deep. So in other words, don't let him come to the game line and threaten and, and make him kick further back because then his, his chases have to be further back behind him. And I, I thought that was really astute from Gordon. And I would agree with that completely. Uh, if It's really hard to answer your question, Stu, because when you're in the nines and tens, if your nines and tens play well, 
they should go and buy a beer for numbers one to eight because it's all about laying a platform up front from your pack if your nine and ten can can implement their attacking game plan. So it's going to be one as always in in the in the forwards. What what Leicester have to stop Sexton from doing, and no one's been able to do it for a long time, is catch the ball and go forward the whole time. Sexton's just every time he's catching the ball, he is running forward. Even on the run arounds, he's not running across field. He's edging straight up the field. And Leicester have to stop him doing that. Now, I don't know how they can. I don't know if they can. But th- that's the key. If, if Sexton is going forward when he gets the ball, he just sucks people in. He's got inside, outside. He's got a long pass. He's got a crossfield kick, short kick in behind. He's got everything. So he's hard to stop. And Ford's a bit the same. But I do think that the Leinster, we're talking about attack. I think the Leinster defence is something we don't talk about enough because their attack is so good it overshadows what they do <coughs> with their D. But I think the Leinster defence is really, really impressive this year. Uh, I, I think at times in past years it hasn't been good enough. Stuart Lancaster looks after both. I personally think that's a weakness. I think it's too much on Stuart. I think Leinster need to, in the future to bring in a specialist defensive coach. But for this game tomorrow, if they can keep forward deep and not allow him to keep coming to the game line, that's enough to win the game because uh, I don't think Leicester will be able to do the same to Sexton. And and that means I think the Leinster pack will get on top. Now, Watford Road, you know, it's a really tough joint to go there. Leo Cullen, the coach, was with me 20 years ago in a quarterfinal. We went there and we got the absolute... Daylight's booting out of us by Martin Johnson and co back in those days. And the crowd was incredible. They were a class act. And you you didn't walk away with any animosity. You walked away with respect for what they had. And Leo Cullen played there. So he'll have them prepared. So if, that, if the Leinster pack can lay down the platform, I think that Leinster back line can provide enough to get a win just. Alan, do you echo Matt's words there? Just a quick summary on... This big match, like, is it all just about the front eight? Um, essentially, you know, they've in tight games like that, they've got to get their, you know, the the obvious areas that you need to get right to win matches are scrum lineout and and breakdown. Um, I think that's an area that Leinster have. Um, the breakdown for them has been exceptional. Um, their accuracy around there, their their speed of delivery. All that kind of stuff, and when they want to play with tempo, they're they're probably the best side in Europe to do that. Um, I think Leicester will target them up front. You know, you've got De- Dan Cole and Ellis Genge. Um, interestingly, Matthew Renal is ref in this game. Um, Ellis Genge caused uh, Tide Furlong a lot of problems in that game in Twickenham between Ireland and England. Um, you know, some of them were very very debatable, and probably a bit of cheating going on, but. I'm a fan of Ellis Kenge. I think he's he he's he's a very very good player. He's wild at times, um, crosses the line a little bit, but you know he's going to have his team fired up. And I think um, that's a good that's a good Leicester front row. You know whether they pick Cole or, or Montoya, Genge will definitely start. But they've got good options off the bench as well. And we saw them bringing on um, a lot of power up front against Connacht to really hurt Connacht scrum. Um, they won't be able to do the same to Leinster, but I think it's just the physicality of those players around the field as well. Um, so it's a, it's a tight game, and I think you'd be naive to think that Leinster 
will just go here and, and yeah. do their stuff. If this could be a, a real dogfight for Leinster, we know if they get on the front foot, and Matt reference, we've lots of reference points for Leinster in Europe in the last number of years. So we know the mentality is strong. They love Europe. They're not afraid to go on the road and, and stick to their principles and perform. We do, we, you know, we've only seen glimpses of that. Like I said, reference again, Claremont away. Um, they had a great win at the start of this competition as well over in Bordeaux, which I was really impressed with. They set their stall out early. They won 16-13 Leicester in round one in France. Um, you know, back to the back-to-back games against against uh, against Connacht, and then you know they got the 28 points in nil in the return fixture against Bordeaux. But um, it's going to be a tough game. It's a game that everyone's looking forward to. The crowd is going to be raucous there. There's going to be a lot of Leinster people have scrambled for tickets. And I just think this is what the competition, you know, round 16 games, I thought were brilliant. The competition came alive. And, you know, this is, this is, this is the biggest game of the weekend, this one. Um, I think it's because both these sides are potential winners. If Leicester get through, they really fancy their chances of going all the way as well. So, um Obviously, we're going to talk about Munster to lose in a minute, and uh, you know what to lose can do as well. But um, it's a, a game that you know should be a cracker. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And you said we're going to touch on Munster v to lose, and Matt will come to you. Another big one at the Viva Stadium. No doubt, plenty of Munster fans. You know they sold over thirty thousand tickets. I think I'm right. Anyway, probably more. But what do you make of that, Matt? You know, in the Viva Stadium, obviously, probably prefer to be in Thoman Park, I, I would say. But uh, it's still going to be a big, big challenge for them, isn't it? It, it is. Um, obviously, I think, you know, Thoman's a, a spiritual home. But if they're coming up to, to Dublin to have, you know, 35, 40,000 of the Red Army there, because there won't be, there'll be some Toulousians come across, but not many. Um, that will be a huge bonus. Look, this is a this is a great Toulouse side, not a good one, a great one. But they have been out of sorts this year. The, the, the Toulouse of two thousand and twenty two have are not the team from the from last season when they won Europe and the top fourteen. Now a lot of that is because injury, COVID, and they lost so many players to the to the national side. Toulouse lost five in a row at one point there in the top 14. That's the good news. Now, the bad news is last week against Ronan's, uh, Ronan Agara's uh, team, La Rochelle, Toulouse put in, put in their best shift of the season. They, they were sensational. And while they were sensational across the park, their defence in particular and their work at the breakdown was just unbelievably physical. La Rochelle found some joy Behind them, in a kicking game, a great try to uh, Bruce Dulano uh, early in the match. Unfortunately, went off with a broken rib. I uh, don't think he'll be playing this week, which is a blow to, to Ronan and Lara Shell. They're not unbeatable. But the trouble with Toulouse for Munster is they're just littered with so many brilliant individuals. You know, and I, we, we get, people must get sick of us talking about Dupont. But last week, he was just incredible he created holes that simply weren't there by his footwork his speed his acceleration his defense is incredible he picked up Gregory Aldrich the French number eight playing for La Rochelle charged off the back of a mall and DuPont's on the short side DuPont hits him with a front off 
front on tackle. So DuPont's about five foot nothing and Aldridge six foot four. He hit Aldridge, picked him up and drove him backwards in just like a brilliant, brilliant tackle you'd expect from a giant um, short side flanker on a number eight. It was it was magnificent. That's the problem with Toulouse. They've just got individuals that can rip you apart. You can go toe-to-toe with them for, for 78 minutes, as Ulster found out. But in the two minutes you don't go toe-to-toe with them, they'll score three tries. So it, it, is, it is a huge mountain that Munster are climbing. Not impossible. Not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. It was a very good Munster side. I think Munster, are, since the announcement of Graham Roundtree, uh, uh, being their, their head coach and, and great news that, that Prendergast coming back as their attack coach, which Alan and I will have a chat about, I think, later on because we were talking about it. I think you'll find that that's really focused the players. they got direction. they got leadership. They, they know where they're going next year, and that's a huge thing within an organisation. But it's still going to be a mountain for Munster to climb. Not impossible, but, but a huge, huge challenge. Alan, Munster over the last sort of couple of months are starting to play some pretty good rugby. But Matt mentioned a mountain decline. Is it too big a mountain, or what do you think of it? Um, it's a big mountain, um, but all you can do is put one foot in front of the other, and uh, and that sounds simple, I think, and take a bit of pressure on the legs if you're climbing that mountain. And um, that's what Munster have got to do tomorrow. You know, you can either they can either um, go with the narrative here, sit back, um, applaud Toulouse throughout the game, and and kind of. Uh, or really go for this. So psychologically, they've got to be on fire in their heads tomorrow. They've got to be really, really intense for, for 80 minutes. Um, you can never switch off. And I think Ulster switched off a couple of weeks ago. You know, Stuart, uh, heartbreakingly, um, you know, two pieces of magic from from Intimac and, and actually three tries. I look back at the games. Intimac, DuPont, three tries that Ulster would look back and say, that cost us the, the cost us going through to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, the intercept, the break from Intimac is uh, there. Ramos on his shoulder. Um, Dupont, you know, what he can do as well. Um, so um, it's it was, they're just so dangerous. Um, and they've got a lot of power up front, you know, Cyril Bai, Marshawn, um, Aldegiri, um Mauvaka to come off the bench, you know, 10, 12 guys involved with France for the Grand Slam. Um, it's just right across the board. And the two that jump out, and Matt has spoken about them, is DuPont and Intimac. If they get on the front foot, they're magical players, they're world class. Um, so when you start talking about Toulouse, you start thinking, God, how are going to Munster going to possibly win this game? Um, they've just got to front up and build on the confidence in the last couple of weeks. Munster at 17 offloads last week mm-hmm. against Cardiff. I know it's a different proposition, but it indicates that they're a little bit more confident in what they're doing. They're a little bit more cohesive in what they're doing, and they're trying to play with a little bit of tempo. If one or two of those pass the stick and they get ahead of Toulouse, well, then roll up the sleeves and you know you get a surge out of that. If you go back to Connacht's Munster at Christmas in the sports ground, Munster had one offload. They passed the ball 45 times. They passed the ball 220 times against Cardiff last Friday night. So there's a huge contrast. And mm. I think that is the only way you can beat Toulouse. You know, Matt, if you sit back and try and contain a wonderful side like Toulouse, you're mm. going to be in trouble. You, you yeah. just 
you've got to score tries. So Munster have got to be brave. And I think Ulster showed us a template in the in those round 16 games. Attack. Try and get width in your game. Get pace. You don't have to fling the ball around everywhere and, and risky passes. But I mean, just try and keep going. Pace, tempo, move the ball. And if Munster starts slowing the ball down, um, you know, languishing around the back of breakdowns and putting up box kicks thinking that's going to win him a game. It's not. You've got to attack to lose. And that's... the. the if you if you look at a weakness in any any attacking team, it's the same when you play the All Blacks. What are they not used to doing? Defending for long, long periods. If you can hold on to the ball, you can sometimes frustrate very attacking-minded teams. I know Matt said their, and, and their defence was superb last week. But if you want to win a game against a good side, you've got to try and play some rugby. And I think Munster are better equipped, Stuart, this week. And on the back of the last four or five games, the two extra games, the Ulster game, um, the Cardiff match, um, that they're, they're, they feel better about themselves, I would say. Is it going to be good enough to be the star-studded side? I don't know. The simple uh, facts of the matter, Toulouse are a wonderful side when they turn up. Um, they're incredibly powerful. And one of the areas, another area with the massive strength is that impact off the bench, that power. So, who knows? Um, I think the game coming out of Thoman Park is different. Um, I think Thoman Park would have... But Toulouse went there last year. Maybe you know they won 40 points to 33 last year in the round 16 game. So um, maybe it'll come up after this game. But I'm looking forward to it. I think there'll be a sea of red. Um, it'll be great to see Munster fans back in the Aviva. And it should be a special day. I just really hope... Um, that this monster side are brave, that they, mm. they, they have a cut, that Joey Carberry puts something on it, that he can get it to Dialende and Chris Farrell and these guys can run at their opposition. Um, and who knows? Um, the, st- the odds are stacked against him. You said it at the start. You summed it up perfectly. Monster of a mountain to climb. But, you know, they've got to get the basics right and, like I said, put one foot in front of the other and they have a chance, but you'd fancy to lose. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Matt, a final one from you on that game. Do you agree with Alan that Munster have to play? Yeah, 100%. You can't rope a dope a team like, like to lose. You've got to attack them. And look, they had a. if we go back to that game... At Thumb and Park last year, the game that Munster lost, Damien Delonde and uh, absolutely ran over Zach Holmes at outside centre in the first half about five times. And 
Toulouse have a weakness at outside centre. They can't get – Zach Holmes is, is an Australian guy. He's brave as all get out. You wouldn't get a braver guy. He's an out-half that they play often at outside centre. They had Nanai Williams they bought from New Zealand. Now, he has had a lot of injury and has been well below the great form that he, he displayed when he was playing super rugby. Now, last week they had a, a young, a, a very solid but not outstanding local guy playing at outside centre. So they've got a weakness there. Now, now Munster have to attack that weakness. Now, the, the point I'm bringing back to last year is that in the second half last year, for some reason, they stopped attacking Zach Holmes. And I can't tell you why. Now, the game changes and maybe they had the plan, they just couldn't implement it. But the, the plan they had last year for 40 minutes was really good. Munster were on top. But they stopped it in the second half and obviously Toulouse played better. But that, what they did last year at the... Uh, thumb in that first half is the template they have to follow and and Toulouse did not look at all happy with with what Munster were doing to them so Munster do have a chance Toulouse are not the team of last year but they're coming good and they are European royalty with as Munster are but they've got their sights sets on Europe probably more they have than the top 14 this year they knocked Ronan's team back to seventh so they're sixth in the top 14. That's the tough draw. Unless you finish one or two, you're really up against it. They're not going to finish one or two. So I think they're focusing on Europe. So it's, what does it mean? It means there's going to be another great game. Great, great game. You'd have to say to lose the favourites. But, again, this is not uh, riding Munster off or saying it's impossible. Munster have a great shot in, in, in Ireland on the, on a, in a beautiful stadium full of red, they're going to have a really red-hot go at Toulouse. Well, let's hope it's a great game. Oh, just another news this week, Mike Prendergast, uh, joining Munster next season. I know you're a friend of his. You must be delighted for him and, and I would say, for Munster. Yeah, I'm more del- I, I am delighted for him personally, for sure. Um, I'm delighted for Munster because I think his enthusiasm, his experience that he's learned in France um, and, um, you know, been on the road for nine years now. Mikey was always an intelligent rugby player. Um, had to do it a hard way because, you know, someone like, and Roger won't mind me saying this, someone like Roger, Paul O'Connell, these guys, they, they have that profile to go with them as players. They can, you know, probably have a bit of wriggle room to, to, to struggle in their coaching roles a little bit and they'll get picked up and, you know, people will it backed him because of their playing careers. Mike, Mike didn't have that, even though he was a very good player, but he wasn't an international rugby player. Went to Grenoble um, with Bernard Jackman, uh, got the opportunity there. Brave decision, went off on the road, uh, spent a couple of years there, went to Ayana, um, stayed there for a couple of seasons. They got relegated, and Matt will tell you about the com- how competitive it is when you come up from come up a division into the top 14 how difficult it is you need big budgets you, know, you need big squads um but they they you know anyone i spoke to they loved him in Ayana. he's attacking game the way they played um a lot of the games they lost they were scoring 30 40 points and losing by a couple of points teams were you know they were scoring lots of tries so his attack was brilliant there um spend a season with stads um heineke mayor was coach and that whole kind of coaching ticket broke up. I think philosophies were different for, for, for everybody involved. And um, then he went to Racing and Racing paid a, paid money for him. He had signed with Toulon, um, a pre-contract agreement, and Racing pushed really hard to get him out of that. 
and took him to to Racing and and gave him a four year contract, which was a big statement. And it just shows the the the, the level Mike was at in France, the mentality and the, the the reputation he was gaining for attack, for skills, for uh, being able to communicate with French players, to be a fluent French speaker, and to to be so um, positive in his approach to the game. And you know, Finn Russell, I've spoken to him over the years. Gail Fiku in the last couple of seasons. Uh, Wenceslas Lare, they love him. Um, you know, I think, and and they love his approach to the game. So, I think he's a big coup for Munster. Number one, he's one of our own. Um, and I know I saw someone online where someone said, "Oh, well, you know, have we not learned our lesson before bringing back homegrown players?" Yeah, there was a there was a big crew of homegrown players, probably 2014-15, who who were involved with Munster. The team was different. Um, those guys probably didn't have the experience of being on the road. So there's no guarantee this will work out for Mike or for anybody else that gets involved or Graham Roundtree. But it's exciting because this team is crying out for more attack, more improvement in skills, um, more pace to their game. And that's what he does. So his primary role is that he's an, he's an attack coach. He's, he's going to be the attack coach. And I think... Um, Knowing him and knowing the way he looks at the game and views the game, it excites me. Um, and I've said this to him this week. I was talking to him. I've been talking to him a fair bit. You know, the pressure starts now. You know, when obviously he's got to finish out the season with Racing, and he's very, very grateful. Racing have released him from his contract, and he's gone home for family reasons. You know, he's, his wife and kids have been on the road for a number of years too, so for him to get back to Limerick, but there's this, this, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny now. You know, um, it's a big job. Uh, Munster, are a big club, um, who need to get back on track. And um, so I think it's a brilliant appointment for him, and it's a brilliant appointment for Munster. And uh, but you've got to deliver, and you've got to he's got to bring his own mentality and his own views to the team now, and try and upskill the players. I think there is some very exciting young players that will benefit from his experience. Not just working with French players, and Matt knows this too. Actually, working with top-class international overseas guys, you know, the the top fourteen is scattered with a lot of quality overseas players as well. And just seeing their approaches and warm-ups, their their catch-pass skills, their lines are running. Um, so I think Mike has learned a lot, and I think he's ready now. Matt uh, Alan touched on his CV. It's very impressive. Obviously, you live in France. What's the thoughts over there? How highly rated he is, and also is he the man to take Munster to the next level? Certainly in attack. I just think it's brilliant for Munster. Uh, Alan and I were talking months and months ago uh, when the news broke of of Coach Van Grand departing, and uh, I, I asked Alan about Mike. Would he be interested in coming home? And I'm not, not talking out of school here, you know, because I, I rate him. Um, I totally agree with everything Alan said. Look, you know, as a coach, you've got to have the attitude that you never, ever stop learning. And once you think you've got it all sorted out, you're finished. You're gone. It's over. You've got to learn every day. And you learn off your players, you learn off your peers, and you learn from mistakes, and you learn from your successes. And the only way you stay in a coach for more than two or three years is if you've got that attitude. And Mike's got that attitude, you know, and as – Alan said he's, he's moved around a few clubs. They're all really good things for you because you learn in every different environment. So Mike has got all these learnings. He's going to bring them back. 
and some things are going to work at Munster and some things not. It's going to take him, you know, six months, 12 months to figure out what he, what really is the way to do it at Munster. But all of that is good for Munster rugby. The other part is, on a, on a bigger picture, you look at how wonderful Ireland's playing pool is. But we've got this thing about Irish coaches that for some, some reason an Irish coach goes away, we can't bring them home, they're not good enough. And that is absolute rubbish. That is absolute rubbish. You know, you look at Jeremy Davidson, you've got uh, at uh, Breve, you've got obviously Ryan and La Rochelle, uh, you've got, you know, um, um, uh, Small McCall at at uh, Saracens, who's one of the most successful coaches in European rugby, but no one ever talks about bringing him home. To bring Mike home, I think, is a really big statement because what Irish rugby has done well is develop players, but they haven't developed coaches. And Mike coming back into the Irish system, I think, is a huge statement for Irish coaches and uh, I think is a really positive move for Munster in the long run. I, I've got nothing but respect for, for Mike Prendergast and and I think it is a really, really good move for Munster. Yeah, exciting times indeed for the province. Al, we touch on the other two quarterfinals quickly. La Rochelle, Montpellier, very tough one to call, isn't it? It is a tough one to call. Um, I think, obviously... Um, you know, Rog and La Rochelle would have been devastated last season. They made massive progress um, to get into two finals. Uh, the disappointment of losing both of those um, would have been, you know, incredible for them. Um, you know, it's a French, this is kind of French derby stuff, isn't it? You know, you just don't know, like, Mon Mon Montpellier on paper could actually win this competition. It's incredible to think. You know, they went to Exeter in round one, were beaten 42-6. Um, they were beat 89-7 by Leinster in round three. And potentially they could win this competition. The reason I say that, and for any of the listeners that don't realise, if you Google uh, the Montpellier rugby squad, um, there's going to be about 50 players there and probably 40 of them are internationals. Um, they have a lot of great young players as well and their S4s and uh, their academy coming through. Philippe Saint-André has mixed and matched all the way through. Like the team he, that went to, to Dublin to play Leinster was, it was practically an academy side scattered with a few, you know, seasoned internationals. Um, they got a lot of criticism for that, but then they stepped up in the last game and beat Exeter 37-26 at home and got themselves into, by the skin of their teeth, into the round 16 game. Again, over in Harlequins, uh, they've had Harlequins in the first game of that round 16. They were exceptional, put themselves in a great position. Um, Quinns clawed their way back, got a couple of tries, and, and uh, they're a very attack-minded side, Quinns, anyway. But then, you know, he goes and picks uh, a weakened side, which they argued afterwards for the home game against Quinns that it wasn't, uh, you know, they, they backed themselves to win that game. They got through by the skin of their teeth. I lost that game in against Harlequins and you know late late miss kick um could have put them out but what I'm trying to say is they have an incredible squad and Roger will know this as well they, they they know they're capable of beating anyone on their day it is in La Rochelle so um but there'll be there'll be an incredible determination from La Rochelle to try and win this um Will Skelton didn't play last week, uh, but they, you know, they have some great players. Um, Gregory Aldrich, for me, 
you know, top class with France every time. He's a real leader for them. Kerr Barlow is a superb player. Um, Bougarit at, at Hooker, brilliant player. So they have a good squad, uh, but it's a very risky one because uh, Matt probably knows knows this from living in France. On their day, Montpellier, you know, they're top of the top of the pile in the league as well. Um, this is going to be a tough one for for La Rochelle, even though you would have to think that home advantage will probably be enough to get him across the line. Matt, I don't think you would sleep at night if Montpellier won this competition after losing by 80 points in Dublin to Leinster in the same season. Yeah, yeah, just, well, it is what it is, Stu, isn't it? You know, like it's a, I, I, I love the Heineken Cup. It's my favourite competition. I don't agree with the competition structure, but we're at the quarters and the quarters are great. The quarters are what to me are just the best weekend of rugby of the year, club rugby. I, I just can't wait. Now, don't get me on to why La Rochelle and Munst and the Leinster game are overlapping. Like, if someone can explain the logic of why we don't... And I've heard there's problems. Like, solve the problem, boys. That's your job. Like, so if we're, we're watching, and as all Ireland will, we'll watch Leinster, but we also want to watch Ronan's team. Like, Ireland supports La Rochelle because of Ronan, and we can't watch it. I mean, it's madness, isn't it? I mean, like, let's not, let's not bother with the stupidity. The thing that makes me swing to La Rochelle and I'm, I'm with Quinny on everything is that Willems, their, their captain, Paul Willems, the, the captain of Montpellier, is out. Now, he came back from that French side, uh, French uh, tournament, and the next week they put him, uh, Philip Sanandro, the coach of Montpellier, put him straight in to the game. Uh, I'm just trying to remember who it was against. It, it, it might have been against Bayonne. I just can't quite remember. And I thought, gee, that's strange. You know, give him a week off, let him recover. And, it, and Willems, it was magnificent. He was captain. He scored two tries and he was driving them. You could just see him. And Alan knows what a driving captain's like. Like he was shaking his finger at him. His example was incredible. He was physical. He was dominant. And he wasn't letting them off. And he wasn't letting them slack off, even though they were up. And he, he has really developed into a great leader. He is a massive, massive blow to that game. Um, and I, I I'm a, agree with Alan. You, look, I can't pick who's going to win that. I'm, I'm not. If you're going to put any money on, don't listen to me because I don't know. But if with him in, I would have said Montpellier. With him out, it's it's going to be it's going to be better. And Arwas, the tight end prop, is, I believe is out as well. I believe he's suspended. He got he got sent off last week. It was a tough one. He had a, he collided with uh, the Lyon fullback in about the tenth minute. So Lyon played played seventy minutes with only uh, fourteen men. I believe he's suspended. Now I have, I have only been told that. I haven't checked that out. But that both of those probably swing swing it a little bit towards La Rochelle, but tough, tough game to pick. At La Rochelle, great place. You know, Ronagar is a king there at the moment. And the, the place absolutely buzzes on match day. I've, I've coached there against them. I can tell you it's a hard place to go. So it's going to be a great game. Tight, tight as anything. Couldn't pick it. But, but I, I hope for Ronan's sake they win. But it's going to be a tough one. Interesting, you can't pick it. Should be a good one, Matt. And lastly, Alan, our game on Sunday. Racing, of course, lost in the final a couple of times against Sale. They're probably not the side they used to be, if that would be fair, but they're still pretty good littered with plenty of superstars, aren't they? Yeah, they've improved, um, I think, kind of up and down. Uh, fixtures, I think, particularly at kind of midpoint of the season, but they've had a pretty good run recently and... Uh, they're a powerful side, you know, they have a lot of quality when you look at um, 
you know, Camille Chat, Gail Fiku, um, Wenceslas Laurie, uh, Shivansi, Vakatawa, Teddy Tama, you know, Finn Russell, these guys, if they get if they get ball to their back line, I think they're they're an exceptional side. And uh, probably one area where they've struggled a little bit at times was uh, probably in their you know their lineout execution. Um, so they're coming up against a very strong set piece side in sale. Um, a lot of South Africans, uh, Faf de Clerc kind of guiding them. Um, so it's 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 a tough one. I think it being at home, you know, again home advantage. It's hard to win away from home and in, in quarterfinals. But um, Racing's best performance was in round one. I think they they were exceptional away at Northampton, um, showing us glimpses. Uh, but they're forming the top 14 has been pretty good recently so again they're a side full of confidence but you know for for sale i think i did the we did the 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 first game um sale bristol it was it was horrendous uh 10-9 bristol won second game was a great game a week later it was an absolute complete contrast it was a brilliant game um to Lange, you know when he gets the ball for sale um, he can cause untold damage. Um, it looks like he's going to be playing with him this week. Uh, Lou Dieger, the Dupree brothers, um, they have a lot of power. They have a lot of physicality. And you cannot rule out the fact that they could go to Rasting and really kind of go after him up front and frustrate the life out of him. And, you know, there's some very, very good players, Sale. They're a good side. Um, so that's, the, again, it's a very tight game to call. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, lads, as I always say, the boring bit, but the best bit, the predictions. Matt, we're going to come to you first. What two semi-finalists do you see? Well, uh, well I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit because um, all four of these games are so hard to pick. I think uh, Leinster will win. I think Toulouse will win. I think Lara Shaw will win. And I think Racing will win. And I'm not sure on any one of those predictions. It is just so hard to pick. But if, I, if I'm pushed to say who I think will win, that that is it. And, and I hope I'm definitely wrong with, with Munster. I hope Munster wins. I just think it's going to be really hard for them. And Al, who's going yeah, to make pro- the semifinals pro- for you? I'm probably the same. Um, two away wins, Toulouse and, and, and Leinster. And two home wins in the other two, La Rochelle and Racing. I think that's the way it is on paper. But... Um, and history is t- kind of the history of this competition. It's uh, it's very hard to get away wins, and I'm going for kind of to lose away win and a Leinster away win. Given on the given the and no one can criticise us for this. Given where both those sides are, to lose one at last year. Given where Leinster are, um, again, I think look, it's going to be. It's this part of me thinks Munster have a great chance here. Um, you know, so I really hope again. Obviously, from Munster point of view, they win. Um, I think Leinster will win in in, in Leicester. It's going to be hard fought, very difficult, but I think they have the the know how to do it. And again, you're kind of splitting hairs with the other one, La Rochelle and Montpellier. That's a hard. That's probably the hardest one with this being an all French um, quarter. Uh, but you kind of be nudging at the home quarter final, and the same with Racing. I think Racing. Uh, on their day, if they get it right up front, they can they can be very powerful as well. So, yeah, same as same as that with Matt. I'm agreeing with him. Hope we're wrong though. Great stuff, on the Munster one. 
Great stuff, man. Well, let's hope we see Leinster and Munster go through to the semi-final. Don't forget to join us on Sunday, half two in Virgin Media 2 as Racing take on Sale Sharks. Man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks, G. Thanks, Al. Cheers, lads. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.